You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would like to give a big thanks to a totally unpronounceable name, GKGK, letter after letter after letter, for our newest five-star rating and positive review on iTunes. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Malvin. What's up, my man? We traded uh, coasts this past week we did. Uh, you, you had more travel than i did i think you even went internationally but thanks for thanks for lending me your sun and warmth out in out in los angeles brother <laughs> yeah and uh london was uh very pleasant but i will say that new york was brutally frigid to complete uncomfortable levels so good times hence my uh yeah. hence my stuff <laughs> hence my stuffy nose yeah, that's the nice thing about being from the East Coast in the winter when I go west. It's like I'm I'm nothing but rewarded. So and I caught I don't know if you saw it on my on my social, but I just happened to catch the the eclipse. There was a crazy lunar eclipse that I guess only happens once every hundred and fifty years. And because I had to get to the airport so early in the morning, when I got up and was driving, all these people were parked taking pictures and I was like, Is that an eclipse? And they were like, Yep. <laughs> So it's it's amazing, uh, you know, the random the random things that happen to us when we're on the go, you know. No doubt, man. Uh, in the last episode, we discussed how to avoid a few common music biz myths. And you know what's cool is I saw that the uh, author of that article tweeted at us and thanked us for um, picking her article, as well as Hypot, where it was posted on, uh, retweeted it as well. So I think it's cool that more and more people here are picking up uh, what we're doing and they're acknowledging it and um, and that's cool. It's cool to see, you know. That was a cool episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCMANAGEMENTAL and get 15, that's one five, percent off your entire order this week we talked about the right time to begin touring inspired by one of our loyal listeners javier this is going to be killer so let's get mental oh yeah baby oh yeah So, Mike, our listener, Javier, wrote in, and uh, I thought it was a cool, I thought it was a cool uh, thing that he discovered. He's a, he's a musician, and, um, but anyway, I'll get to it. 
I, I, I got a quick thing before sure. we dive in because what I love about when you and I start start these things is just you know some of the banter that we have. But when was your very first tour? Oh boy. Well, if you consider a tour, two shows in San Francisco, in San Francisco. Um, so it was, you know, it was a drive. I wasn't able to stay at home. You know what I mean? It wasn't two local shows. It was two shows out of my comfort zone. Um, but I was, I would say that I was, I, you know, I mean, considering, right. I was probably 15, 16 years old and we went up to San Francisco and we played Ruthie's Inn and Rock on Broadway. Those were the two gigs that we played up there. Um, and what, what, what year was that out of curiosity? Oh boy, 85, 86. Yeah. I don't really consider two days a tour, but uh, you know, I'll give that to you because back in, back at that time, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really hard to put two, two dates together, but yeah, I mean, I think my first real tour, which, you know, to go out for an extended time with a band was kind of late, actually, for me. 1995, I'd done some weekends, you know, with bands, but yeah, and I went to Europe, actually, which was which was pretty, pretty awesome, but I just thought it'd be helpful, you know, for people to get a, a frame of reference for us because, you know, Touring has changed. I mean, there's a lot of things that are still the same, of course, but, you know, it has definitely changed in the last, you know, 30 to 40 years or however long you and I have been doing it. <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt in a big way. Um, anyway, Javier writes in and he says, hey, Blasco, loving the podcast. Been a listener for a while now. Keep it rocking. Lately, you've done a few episodes on helping bands like tour etiquette, advice on bands, image, etc. So I'd love to hear both yours and Mike's thoughts on the following. And it goes like this. It's an ad from a dude in the States who wants to come to the UK to do a headlining tour. And he is looking for musicians from the UK to be part of his backing band as he does not have the resources to bring his own. He says he doesn't have any money to pay the people who will join him on the endeavor, but that he'll gladly split the door money. A quick look up of his band reveals that he only has 300 Facebook likes. So no following equals no one at the shows equals no money equals total bust. <laughs> Are we even supposed to comment on this? I mean, yes, this is this is the break uh, in the in the uh, right. in the message that I feel we we comment on. I like the fact that that someone is sort of thinking outside of the box, meaning, you know, it is hard to tour and it's really hard to tour internationally now. Um, you know, the cost of just flights alone can put you in debt before you even land on you know, wherever the hell it is you're touring. So I like the fact that, you know, potentially he's, he is thinking outside the box, um, you know, to find people on the ground in, in the, you know, in the UK that said, I mean, you know, if he really does only have 300 Facebook likes and, you know, I'm assuming all of his other socials and metrics are relatively low uh, there. He is correct. You know, I can't imagine there'd be anybody at these shows. I can't imagine that there'd be any money. And I surely do imagine that it would be a bust. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the broad stroke idea of this is actually, you know, pretty innovative. And, and, and this also made me think, like, what was, uh, 
what was the girl's name from the Dresden Dolls? Um, oh, why am I blanking on her name? But didn't she? She didn't she do something similar, and it became like it was like if you were one of her fans, you could get up on stage with her, and she wasn't going to pay like anybody though or whatever. And and uh, and it was the kind of this big uproarous situation that like people turned against her because it was like she wasn't going to pay anybody or whatever. I don't remember, but uh, there was something like that recently from you know an actual artist that did something similar, but it kind of didn't work out so well for her that I recall. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, look, the thing here is there's a lot of shit missing, right? It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna come over there and I'm looking for musicians. And I don't have enough money to pay you, but you know, if there's anything on the net, like I'll, I'll you know, I'll split it up. That's cool, man. Like, you know, we're, we're all pirates, you know, it might be something, it might be an adventure worth going on, but I feel like there's a lot of shit missing here. Like, where's the routing? How are we getting anywhere? Like, I might have shown up and we're going to figure it out. Like, right. You know Who's I mean? booking this thing? All you, you are correct. There's a lot of stuff missing, but you know, I will say, and, and you know, with the guy only having 300 Facebook likes, it makes me think back to those times, like when you probably went on your first tour and when I went on my first tour, it was so much about the adventure. I didn't care about the money in any capacity. I would have been, and in fact, if you send me back in time, I would probably pay, which, which you know, ironically I did with my time, if you will, but I would probably pay to go on every single tour that I went on. I mean, it's just such an experience that you cannot get in any other way than by touring, you know? Without a doubt. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. There's no way that I made money in my own bands on tour. Like Cryptic Slaughter. Like, we didn't make any money, but we all lived at home. It was, the goal wasn't to make money. We didn't look at it as a business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so. and my my first few tours, I wasn't I wasn't even in a band. You know, I was just tagging along, kind of tour managing, if you will. Uh, but these are you know DIY bands, so they didn't have a tour manager. But I was taking things out to sell. You know, I was grabbing records from a distro, um, grabbing zines from people, and and selling that stuff. You know, in order to to have a little bit of of money to eat. But again, like. You know, for all of you out there that are trying to think of whether you should just give it a go and go on tour, I think my position would be, you know, even if you've got to fund it out of, you know, whatever you're doing nine to five, you should absolutely be willing to do that because that is where you're really going to learn um, all of the things that will propel you as you, you know, as you grow and as you tour more and as you, you know, tour with, with larger acts. For sure. And uh, just to uh, recap earlier, the girl was Amanda Palmer. That's who that's, right. uh, that's who did that. So just for yeah, she had that massive Kickstarter campaign. So was the was the perk of somebody coming up on stage? I'm, I'm curious if it was part of of, you know, one of the one of the rewards from funding her on Kickstarter. I think it was. and I think that was part of the blowback. I'll have to go back after research that or whatever, but just point of reference that, you know, that was years ago. And it's like, so this isn't, this isn't a crazy idea is what I'm saying. Like it's like, yeah, you know, it's just a lot of work to pull it off. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but like basically to me, you know, she should be able to do whatever the heck she feels comfortable with. Yeah. You know, it's like if she wants to in, in, invite her fans to join her on stage, like by all means, she she absolutely should. I think that sort of stuff is is really is actually kind of fun and cool. But again, it really just depends on the artists themselves. The uh, message continues. The thing is that I see this all the time. 
fans from other countries come here, because I think he's over in the UK, come here to headline tours, as well as local bands who go on regional or even national headlining tours, spending a small fortune for nothing because they end up playing empty venues. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I think there is a saturation. You know, it's, it's, it's not as if you have to have proven yourself um, in some regards to be able to, to go over. You know, if somebody's willing to put you on, if there's a venue that has an opening on any given night and you can contact them and they're willing to host you, uh, and they can get people in the door to, you know, buy drinks or whatever their business model is like, they're going to say yes. So, you know, I think you and I would both agree, uh, in some senses with this, like there, there almost should be, uh, some sort of metric to say until this time you might not want to, you know, go out. But on the flip side, I'm just like, why not? You know, if, if you're willing to go over and invest your own money and give it a shot. And even you understand the risk that there might not be anybody there. Like, why not go for it? What, what's your take on this? Uh, my take is that <clears throat> that everybody has to start somewhere. Uh, you know, I saw I saw Mastodon play a club. You know, like a not even a club. A club would be nice. I saw them play a bar to like, and it was me and probably like. 20, 25 other people, you know, they were on their first record or whatever. They just fucking won a Grammy, you know, like you, you it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere like, you know, and, and, um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. That's just I mean, my I, only example. I agree. And, and, you know, I think you and I as managers, you know, I get into this, um, situation all the time where, you know, we're growing an artist and we want to be able to, to afford them opportunities to, grow their fan base internationally, but we really do have to take a look at, you know, have we done the groundwork in our home territory? And then, yeah, does it make sense financially for us to either go over as a support act for someone or even as a headliner? So, you know, I guess the bottom line is there is no rule here. It's, it's, yeah, whatever, like you said, you do have to start somewhere and, you know, I remember, and I've still seen it, where artists don't go internationally early enough sometimes. They've grown themselves a massive fan base in, in their home country, you know, the U.S. or Canada. And then, you know, by the time they head over to the U.K. or Europe, it feels to them like they're starting over. And, you know, that sort of frustrates them because, yeah, they're used to, you know, playing in front of massive crowds back home and and feels a bit like they're starting over. So I don't know. I mean, I guess the bottom line to me is there's no rules. If you feel like you can make it work, yep, give it a go. Totally. Anyway, he continues, uh, I'm not an expert, but it seems to me like even giving a shot at headlining out of town shows and beyond before building some sort of following locally or online is putting the horse before the cart and a sure path to burning out. Yeah. I mean, again, it's sort of to each their own um, in terms of burning out. You know, different people have different thresholds of what they're willing to do. It, it's pretty funny. I'm in the middle of the NoFX book. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you've read it, but no. holy crap, dude. I mean, you want to talk about wild touring stories and 
you know, a surefire way to drive most of the, you know, people that, that uh, we know who've toured their entire life. Like you wouldn't want to be on these tours, but you know, to them, they're young people. They're having a blast. They're talking about, just like you said, they're playing in front of five people, then 20 people, then a hundred people, then 350. And so you do have to, to start somewhere. I agree with Javier. Like you should be looking at your metrics and trying to focus on, you know, the places that you have a following already and try to grow that live fan base there. But, you know, I think you and I are both, you know, sort of DIY at heart. And if <laughs> if you want to take the plunge and buy some tickets or recruit a band from another territory and give it a shot, by all means, go for it. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, the problem isn't starting out that you're playing in front of no people. To me, the problem would be that 10 years into the into your career, you're either still playing in front of no people or you've started to play in front of no people. Those are those are big, you know, those are big warning signs or whatever that would potentially lead to some sort of burnout, quote unquote. But starting off playing in front of no one, that should just kind of be commonplace that this is this is how sexy the the business is whenever you kind of get started like you're going to have to like understand that it's not it's not glamorous out of the gate you know just cuz just cuz you have a record deal just cuz you have a manager like man like like you know just cuz you have you know people behind you just cuz you have t-shirts for sale doesn't necessarily mean anyone's showing up you know so it's like you know you just got to like you just got to you just got to th- I, I mean look i always feel like you just got to go, man. Like you just got to start. You just got to get it going. And if people, if, if more, if you start to see the signs that more and more people are showing up because you're working it and you're getting out there, you know, then you're doing all the right things. But like, I always think this too, Mike, is that like, think about how many bands they are, uh, there are, and think about how few of them have the guts to get in a van and go out there and do it. And I feel like, Anyone that does that is so gutsy and so ballsy that it 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 already puts them in a league above probably the majority of bands that exist. And and so if you're able to do that, regardless of how many people are showing up, the fact that you're out there doing it leads me to believe that you have more chances of success than someone waiting around for a tour that's going to put them in front of people. I mean, dude, that is a fantastic point. And let me give, you know, uh, an anecdote from a band that, that I managed where we were seeing a lot of metrics on our socials from the UK, actually. And I was, you know, trying to find an agent and trying to get a national promoter to bring the band over. And, you know, they weren't seeing it. They were saying, look, we don't think it's time just yet, but you know, from all the things that we could see and we were sharing it with them. And eventually they said, cool, let's give it a shot. And the tour went off great. So sometimes, you know, it is really about, like you say, just getting in there and going for it. Because if you're just sitting around waiting, even for, you know, the, the, the powers that be within the industry to give you a shot, you might just be waiting forever. Yep. So he wraps it up with the question. Am I wrong? When is the right time for a band to start touring? I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I'm sure your advice would help out many misguided people who think this is the way to go. 
So, Mike, that's the that's that's his, yeah. That's I mean, the, that's, that's, that's the whole point that, of this whole thing that, is when is the right time to start touring? I mean, you know, to me, it's as soon as you can. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, I, I I like how he's asking this because it shows that he's actually thinking, you know, about the you know the cost benefit analysis, if you will. And for each and every person and for each and every band, that is going to be a little bit different. You know, I think you and I would both say there's certain things about touring that are so incredibly beneficial in the long run of our careers that it's actually sort of helpful to play in front of no people or five people, you know, like those are the those are the things that as you grow you can look back on and keep yourself you know completely grounded and i've seen bands where and i'm sure you have where they are playing to you know a handful two handfuls of people and they are able to connect with those individuals and they're fans for life so you know like javier all i can say and to the rest of you out there like there is no right or wrong here but i would say get out and get that experience as soon as you, as soon as you can. I totally agree. You know, I, I, I mean, I could only kind of summarize it as, as, and I reiterate what you're saying too. It's like, man, the hardest gigs you do, the ones that you really cut your teeth on that make you who you are, are the ones when you have to work it. There's five people in the room and you got to work those five people. You got to get those five people to fucking start a pit or, uh, you, you know, sing your lyrics or, you know, clap in the fucking air or like whatever it is. It's like, man, if you can do that, playing in front of a hundred people, a thousand people, 10,000 people is easy, super easy, you know? And, um, but yeah, I mean like, like getting just pull, like pointing to, look, I'll, I'll give you some examples. Like the, you know, the two main bands that I kind of built my company on, both those bands had, had like, had taken the bull by the horns and, and started communicating with other bands out of their area and, and finding promoters. They actually, um, one of the bands actually, uh, made a fake email address with the, as a, as a fake booking agent and book the gigs as a booking agent, but he was just the bass player in the band. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I, those, those are the things that I love to hear. That's so awesome. Yeah. And it's like, Man, like just like anything else here, man, like you cannot be waiting around for someone to do something for you because if that is your mentality, you should probably just throw in the towel now. Like like these bands that I'm talking about are successful bands. And they they started off doing it themselves. They figured it out. They didn't wait for anybody else and they went out there and they did it. And yes, did they play did they play bars? To 10 people yeah but you know what now they're doing 2500 people a night and selling hundreds of thousands of records so you know it is what it is and i think there's i think there's one thing that that we should clarify here because in hearing you talk about those bands you know there is a massive saturation of of bands touring like that's just you know how bands are making their money and how you've always been able to to really grow a fan base but your point of how serious your artists were. I think that's really, you know, if you're absolutely serious about your career and, you know, you guys have probably heard us say this, but, you know, our most successful artists, 
they are in it 100%. They are not taking no for an answer. Success, you know, in growing their band, no matter how long it takes, no matter what the cost, you know, that's what they have, you know, that's what they've committed to. And so if you're just, you know, half in, maybe these types of tours are not the things that you should do. Maybe you shouldn't just get out there and run. I think you really got to dig deep and figure out what your commitment level is. And then if you are really aiming to make this something real, that's when you go out and hit it hard. Yep, totally agreed. Thank you, Javier, for writing in. Uh, that was uh, that was a cool uh, message you sent me. And that concludes episode 54. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, final parting thoughts? Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. Please do share what we are doing with anybody uh, you know who you think would benefit from it. We're on all of the platforms where you listen to podcasts, including Spotify at this point. And, of course, big shout-out to Rockabilia. Blasco mentioned it at the top of the episode, but PC, the letters PC, and then Managemental gets you 15% off any of your orders. They've been huge supporters of not only our podcast, but also the rest of the podcasts on the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Last but not least, OuterloopCoaching.com is where you can find out more about what I'm doing in terms of uh, providing courses for developing artists and those who are trying to make it in this chaotic industry. Yeah, that's a wrap. And and thank you, Blasco. And thank you, Javier, for, for writing in. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, Everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.